It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Takeover. Nothing personal word of the day. It is the last day of May, May 31st, 2023. Hump day. Takeover. It happened. All of the conversations we've had since Bally's went bankrupt. It all comes full circle and it starts today. Major League Baseball has taken over the TV rights for the San Diego Padres. The San Diego Padres, the second, third highest payroll, third, four, six, nine. The San Diego Padres have the third highest payroll in Major League Baseball. They have a team that is one of the most, if not the most disappointing teams of the year. And now they are dealing with no TV partner. Here's what happened. There's a company called Bally's and Bally's owns a bunch of regional sports networks. The company is undergoing chapter 11 reorganization. Some people are just saying they're bankrupt. That's not the case. They have assets, they have cash. They are making rights payments to the 14 MLB teams with which they have contracts. Every month, every two weeks, every two months, whatever the contract specifically says, that's how often the team gets money from its TV partner. The San Diego Padres signed a 20-year, $1.2 billion contract with Bally's. That means, let's just assume it's the same amount every year, $60 million per year. So when the Padres are putting together the financial projections, when they're deciding what their payroll is going to be, they had the assumption that they were going to get $60 million in revenue each year. As part of a contract, like the one I negotiated with Fox when they were, before they sold to Bally's, when they owned the RSNs, we were getting two streams of revenue. One was a rights fee payment, and one was a distribution from profit of the RSN. So that is called an equity stake. An equity stake is when you own part of an asset. What the Padres negotiated was to own part of their local RSN. So the local RSN of which they own a part would pay the Padres a sum of money every year. That's a rights fee. Then the RSN would take in money from cable companies who would pay them for the right to show their network on their platform. They would then have producers and directors and broadcasters, travel expenses, all the things that you have to pay in order to broadcast a game. Then there'd be profit left over for the RSN after paying the Padres their rights fee. Then that profit gets distributed to the owners of the RSN. The owners of the RSN were Bally's, 
and the Padres. When Bally's goes bankrupt and starts to reorganize, there's two different categories that the judge looks at. The judge is the person who is put in charge of the reorganization, who works in conjunction with the board of directors of Bally's to figure out which obligations they are going to fulfill, meaning which teams they are going to continue to pay their rights fees, and which teams they are not going to continue to pay their rights fees. But the situation with the Padres was slightly different because the board of directors of Diamond or Bally's got together and said, we are not going to fund the joint venture between the Padres and the San Diego RSN, which is a different discussion than saying we're not going to pay the rights fees for the right to show the games. Keep in mind, when you have a joint venture where there is a network that is owned in part by the team and in part by the company that owns the networks, that's the Padres and Diamond, when you file for Chapter 11, the network called Bally Sports San Diego, that is the joint venture, that is not part of the bankruptcy filing. Therefore, the rules about who gets paid, who doesn't, what involvement the judge has in who gets paid and who doesn't, those rules are different. In the case of the Padres, Diamond had the right unilaterally to say that they are not going to put any of their money into this joint venture. And if there's no money in the joint venture, two things happen. One, the Padres rights fee doesn't get paid. And two, there's no money left over for any sort of equity distribution to be paid for the Padres. So what you do is, under the terms of a contract between the team and the RSN, which again is owned by the Padres and Diamond, when there is a violation of the contract or a breach of contract, which means that one party is not fulfilling what their obligation is, the obligation of the network is to pay the team its rights fee. When you say you're not gonna do it and you don't do it, you have what's called a cure period. A cure period is when you do something wrong and you have a period of time to change your mind and do it right. And if you cure, it's like when you rent an apartment and you don't pay your rent, they can't kick you out. You have a cure period and the way you cure it is to pay your rent. Go read your lease. I promise that's what it says. Whether you have an office lease or a home lease, the cure period says, here's what's wrong, fix it. So the Padres sent a letter to themselves and to Diamond saying, we didn't get our money. You have two weeks to pay us our money. If you don't, we have the right to terminate the contract. So the Padres don't get paid. They send a letter, two weeks passes. And on the 14th day, the Padres sent a letter saying, you did not pay. Therefore, we are terminating the contract. Meanwhile, during that two-week period, and really for a period of time well before this two-week period, Diamond, on behalf of the joint venture 
and on behalf of all the other networks it owns, is trying to negotiate with the teams to get the right to stream the games. Now I'm bringing up a whole nother topic that we haven't mentioned yet. Streaming games. That's how you watch it on your phone. That's how you can watch it on your iPad, on your computer. You know what streaming is. You stream Netflix, you stream Amazon, you stream Apple. Streaming games is when you can go on an app like what the Yankees started with the Yes Network, which is a topic we covered on an earlier show, where you can get on an app and watch the game no matter where you are. Blackouts be damned. That is a very valuable piece of real estate for either a network or a team to own. Major League Baseball is trying to get the rights to stream all 30 teams games. If they get those rights, then MLB has the ability to go out and package those streaming rights to a third party like Apple and get a ton of money that would be considered national revenue that would be split equally 30 ways, which would be a way to help with the revenue disparity and the payroll disparity. So over here on the left side, you've got Major League Baseball saying, we want the rights to all teams. Then you've got the individual teams deciding whether they want to cooperate with baseball. The Yankees have clearly said, we do not want to cooperate with baseball. We want our own streaming rights and we want to monetize those streaming rights and then keep the money. We'll give you some back in revenue sharing, but it's way less than splitting all the revenue with all 30 teams. So when the Padres had an opportunity to terminate the contract, because they could not come to an agreement with Diamond over the streaming rights because the original contract does not include the streaming rights. Now, let me give you a step back for why that is. When a team is negotiating with a network, you've got two things that you're offering that network. I've got 162 games at three hours a game. Now it's two point five hours a game, but it used to be three hours a game. That's 480 hours of programming. I'll give you a pre and a post game. Call that another 162 hours. So I've got a chance to give you about 640 hours of summer programming that will not be competing with anything else you have on your network. And it is gold during the summer when there's no other sports. In return, we want a big rights fee and we'd like to own part of your network. The network then says, all right, let's negotiate, but we want the right to stream your games. Desperate teams like I was with the Marlins, who was looking for a huge amount of money per year, who believes that the streaming rights for the Marlins does not have the value of a guaranteed rights payment. I would be more willing and was more willing to give the streaming rights to the network as part of the negotiation. When you don't give the streaming rights as part of the negotiation, and it's 20 years ago, you're not leaving any money on the table. When you don't give the streaming rights in a recent negotiation where streaming has become obviously a far bigger part of the pie, you are not gonna get as much money in your deal 
the Padres getting 60 million a year, were streaming rights to be a part of that contract, they would have gotten more money, but they chose to keep their streaming rights. And what Diamond was saying during the bankruptcy negotiation with the Padres is we will keep your deal alive. We will pay you your rights fee every month. We will keep our channel going. But in return, we want the streaming rights. Major League Baseball said to the Padres, no, you may not give them your streaming rights. We want them. The Padres are not in a position to tell baseball that go pound sand. We are going to give the streaming rights because we want to keep our 20 year $1.2 billion deal. The reason the Padres don't have the leverage over MLB is that the Padres are in violation of about 12 different rules regarding the amount of debt they have, the profitability they don't have. Major League Baseball and the other owners are furious over the Padres payroll and the way they're acting irresponsibly. Therefore, there's gonna be no agreement at all between MLB and the Padres for the Padres to have the right to have their streaming rights given back to Diamond in order to keep their deal. So the two weeks passes, the money doesn't get paid, the contract gets terminated, and MLB starts its step one, taking over the Padres broadcasts. MLB has said to its fans from the beginning with all the bankruptcy that's going on and all the stories, don't worry fans, we've got you covered. We are gonna be able to show you the games starting today against the Marlins. So MLB announced that Padres games will be free on MLB.tv. So just get MLB.tv, give us your email, sign up, pay 19 bucks a month or 300 bucks a year, whatever the price is, but you're free through Sunday. But after that, not sure it's gonna be free. You're gonna have to pay 20 bucks a month or 80 bucks a year. In addition, MLB, through a newly created department led by Billy Chambers, who was an individual who I personally negotiated with when he worked for Fox out in LA on Avenue of the Stars, when he was the CFO of the networks under Jeff Krolik. He was brought into baseball to make sure that there would be a seamless transition from a network broadcasting the team's games to MLB broadcasting the team games. And guess what? It's seamless. When you turn on a Padres game today against the Marlins, you will see the same announcers. You will see the producers, the directors, every, the camera people, everybody who was doing the game last night when the Padres screwed my pick of the day. You will see the same people doing the game today. MLB also negotiated deals with DirecTV, AT&T, Fubo, Roku, Pluto, any of the various fast channels or outlets in order for Padres games to become available. But what happens tomorrow? What happens tomorrow is the Padres realize that the revenue that they were expecting to get from broadcasting has not been fully replaced by Major League Baseball. This is where I'm going to use some froggy DNA to finish making up 
the dinosaurs in Jurassic Park. I do not know for sure whether Major League Baseball has made a promise to the San Diego Padres that we will make you whole. As a matter of fact, I would be willing to wager that MLB has not made a promise to the San Diego Padres to make them whole, because if you make the promise to the Padres, then you better be ready to make the promise to every other team who may have their contracts terminated and MLB may take over their rights. MLB does not have the money, even if they go back into the capital markets to borrow, they don't want to incur that much more debt in order to make these teams whole. Why? It's in MLB's best interest not to make the teams whole. Because then if teams are not being made whole, guess what happens? Payrolls are gonna start to go down because revenues will go down and therefore the ability to pay players and run an irresponsible payroll where you're losing money, that ability goes away. So the Padres are looking Juan Soto's free agency right in the eye. They know they've got to keep paying Tatis unless they trade him. They've got a bunch of pitching coming off their books. They just signed Bogarts to that long deal. Do you think that MLB in the back of its mind and the other owners are saying, this is how we get the Padres back in line? They're not going to be able to replace all these highly paid pitchers who are coming off the payroll. They're not going to be able to add at the deadline or sign Otani or sign any of the top free agents of which there aren't so many next free agent class because we are going to enforce the fact that they need to lower their payroll. They just got done giving Manny Machado all of that money. They got done giving Bogarts all that money. You think that any other owner wants the Padres to even be in on Otani as a West Coast team or to be in on Juan Soto? They don't. They want punitive actions against the Padres. So that is why I believe that you will not see in any way MLB making up for that revenue. On the other hand, if Peter Seidler, the owner of the Padres, is paying attention in any way, he had to have known this day was coming. And if you know this day is coming, how do you not fiscally prepare for it? When you are putting your budget together, going into this season, Bally's had already filed chapter 11. There is no way that the Padres put in their revenue line under broadcast revenue, the full amount that they were due to get this season. And if they did, when they submitted their financials to baseball for calculations of revenue sharing, there's no way that baseball approved that budget line item or agreed with that budget line item or didn't caution other teams that that budget line item was not a secure budget line item. Here's the example. Can you imagine a team like the Oakland A's submitting their budget to baseball for revenue sharing purposes? and saying our projected attendance is 2 million people. We expect around, call it 25,000 people per game. And therefore we expect gate revenue of $90 million. Baseball would look at that and say, no chance toilet pants. You're not gonna get that level of revenue. We are gonna make sure that the other teams are cautioned that you are not gonna hit your revenue numbers.
and therefore you will be requiring more revenue sharing. Baseball does this with all of the teams. We would meet with baseball to go over our budget. They would test the assumptions in our budget. They would tell us that's reasonable, that's not reasonable. Here's the impact it has on revenue sharing because you are sending to all teams an estimate about the number of revenue sharing dollars you will have to either pay or be paid, all of which is meant to make sure that baseball is financially sound, that all teams can meet their payroll obligations, and that all teams have a sources and uses of funds going into a season. Meaning if you're gonna lose $30 million, where's the 30 million coming from? If you're gonna make $30 million, what are you doing with that 30 million? Are you distributing it to the owners? Are you reinvesting it in a Dominican Academy? Are you gonna increase your payroll? Wink, wink, we want you to do anything but that. So there are multiple layers going on with this Padres situation. And guess what? We're only starting. I can give you an official wait to see. When I tell you something's gonna happen, sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't, we will revisit it. Wait to see, Coca, book it. MLB is going to take over more than just the Padres this season. This is the first of many. Wait to see. The NFL is never gonna have an issue like this. So there are people who came into my Twitter and were asking me this question, whether or not what impact this would have on re-signing Juan Soto, that's one thing. Hey, could this happen in any other sport? Let me assuage any anxiety that you have. The National Football League, their revenue model is based on the local revenue, which is gate revenue, and the broadcast revenue, which is all national revenue. So therefore, the exposure that teams have to a rights deal, quote unquote, not being paid is de minimis because the rights deal that's paid to an NFL team is 132nd of the entire national deal, which gets split equally. Then you have to go down to how are these leagues, the NFL as an example, with its streaming and the game of the, of the year on Peacock and ESPN Plus and how that's all working. When NFL games are streamed, that is national revenue that is also split the 32 ways. The NFL owns the right to stream all of its games. Not like MLB, which doesn't own the right. As a matter of fact, there was an owner's meeting that I was a part of where the streaming white rights were voted on and explicitly returned to the teams. Because when I first got into baseball, streaming rights were owned by Major League Baseball as part of the creation of MLB.com. Then teams like the Yankees and Red Sox and a bunch of other teams got together and said, I want my own streaming rights. So a vote was taken where streaming rights were returned to the teams. Now, MLB has come full circle and they want the streaming rights back. Meanwhile, the NFL has not budged. They've always had the streaming rights. So you don't need to worry. Frankly, if you're a baseball fan, you don't need to worry. If all you care about is access to your games, you'll get access to your games. Don't worry. Okay, takeover. What a loaded word. Good luck, MLB. You've got this. 
All right, we come back. We're going to review a movie that I watched about a, it's really about a subject that is coming up now because of all the different state laws in the uh, new world of Roe v. Wade being overturned. Don't worry, it will not be a political conversation. This is about a movie called Cherry. And then we're gonna talk about the Dodgers in a little more detail. We talked about Anthony Bass yesterday and what happened with the Blue Jays and Pride Night and what happened and what's gonna happen to him. The Dodgers have been involved in this for a couple of weeks and they had a really big problem yesterday and we'll discuss it after the break. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to Nothing Personal. Thank you. We are live every day, 8 a.m. Nothing Personal with David Sampson. If you're in the chat room with Coca right now, say hi. And if you're not, come join us, 8 a.m. Eastern, 5 a.m. Pacific. Or you can listen to this show. Tell your friends about it. We are an audio show as well. In which case, you wouldn't get to see which was the blazer in the rotation today. All right, movie every day. Thank you for all of your suggestions. I've watched a bunch of your suggestions. One of you got into my Twitter, David P. Sampson, and asked me to watch Cherry. Cherry is a movie starring Alex Trewitt. It is a movie about a girl, and she reminded me a little of Heather Graham and Boogie Nights because she's on roller skates the whole time, but I didn't call her Roller Girl. She's not called Roller Girl, but roller skates are a part of the movie just because it's shot so interestingly. She gets impregnated by her boyfriend, she goes to the doctor, she has no money, she just lost her job, and she's got 24 hours to decide whether or not to get an abortion. The movie then goes through, from her standpoint, how she makes the decision, the impact the decision will have, what is going on in her mind as she consults or doesn't consult the father, as she consults or doesn't consult her family. One of the most important scenes takes place between her and a clinic doctor where she goes trying to, if possible, 
get advice. The doctor who is giving her advice is pregnant herself. It's not about pro or anti-abortion. It's not about being pro-choice. It's about the reality that women are facing in all of the different states where there are different rules about after what week a woman who may or may not know she's pregnant has the right to terminate the pregnancy. I have told you, and I'm not going to shy away from the fact that I am pro-choice. That doesn't mean that I'm pro-abortion or anti-abortion. It means that I am in favor of a woman having the right to decide what she will do. When you are a 20-something, when your life is just starting, when you are made pregnant because the pull and pray doesn't work, which is what happens in Cherry, when you are up against a timeline, which is forced to you by your state, and the doctors have to adhere to that timeline or risk being criminals, it puts into motion an entire stream and, and decision tree that basically has to happen in a time period that is uncomfortable for everybody. The reason I would encourage you to watch Cherry is that there are a lot of movies about these, this conversation, but the performance by Alex, the realness of the reality that we are in today, it just hits differently. It's called Cherry. The world that we are in today, I spent time when we were preparing this show, Coke and I have been talking about the Dodgers situation now for a couple weeks. I've touched on it in a few of the episodes, including yesterday, where the Dodgers, like many other teams, were having a pride night. The Dodgers had invited and were going to honor a group of people where there was some discussion whether that group of people is anti-Christianity, whether that group of people is anti-faith, whether they're so busy being pro-LGBTQ that they're anti-everything else. Here's a newsflash. You can be pro-something and then just be neutral to other things. You don't necessarily have to be anti-something in order to balance the fact that you're pro-something. I don't know the sisters organization in LA. All I know is there is a train of thought that they are as much being pro LGBTQ plus rights and rights of people who are transgender, that's how anti they are any level of Catholic or Christian faith. You know, and I'm gonna repeat it again and again, I am pro tolerance, live and let live. For whatever reason, the Dodgers stepped in it, which they tend to do from time to time, where they disinvited the group who they were gonna honor. Then they re-invited the group who they were gonna honor. And now they've got players speaking up against what the Dodgers did in re-inviting the group they were gonna honor because they believe it's an affront to their faith. The Hall of Fame pitcher. This is not a journeyman reliever in Toronto. This is arguably, well, a top Mount Rushmore pitcher in Dodgers history. I was gonna say best, but Sandy Koufax is. Clayton Kershaw, Cy Young Award, World Series winning, Clayton Kershaw has come out publicly 
stating that he demands that Christian Faith Day be brought back to Dodger Stadium after being gone since COVID as a quid pro quo to allowing those LGBTQ plus people and honoring those who do not, in theory, agree with Clayton's faith. Clayton Kershaw walks into the office of the president of the Dodgers and says, hi, I'm in between workouts. I'm getting ready. I feel good. Having a good year. What the hell are we doing here? We got to bring back that faith night and I want it announced now. Are you telling me that Stan Kasten and Andrew Friedman, who run the Dodgers, looked in the eyes of Clayton Kershaw and said, yes, sir, we're right on that. In fact, they did. The Los Angeles Dodgers then announced the fact that there's going to be a faith day again. And Clayton Kershaw said that announcement was done faster and moved up because of what happened with LGBTQ. Where does this end exactly? The back and forth, players getting involved, teams scared to honor one, not honor another, teams going on social media to see where the wind is blowing, who they've offended, who they haven't offended. I think the best way to not offend anyone, why don't we just get rid of every night? I think it'd be brilliant. No faith night, no pride night, no Jewish night, no Cuban night. How about no nights at all? How about just come to the game and enjoy a night at the museum? Maybe we'll show a movie after. Why isn't that ever gonna happen? Because these nights are group sales based. That's what they started as. That's what they were supposed to be. The ability to bring in a group of people, have them sit in an area like bark at the park. It helps salespeople target when they go visit certain chambers of commerce or certain synagogues or certain churches certain companies, singles night, divorcee night, five, five, one twenty-five night, anything where you go to a group, you take advantage of a fetish or a belief or a nationality. And you say, if you were ever going to go to a game, come to this game. That's what group sales is. Teams don't want to get rid of group sales opportunities. They don't want to get rid of opportunities, even the Dodgers, to bring in fans. That's what it was supposed to be. Then somewhere along the line, politics got involved. Somewhere along the line, presidents and GMs and owners started to get scared. They started to adjust their strategies to the views of the some and not the many. And that's S-O-M-E, not S-U-M. When you play scared, you get hurt. When you act scared, it becomes transparent that you're a spineless leader. When you take Clayton Kershaw 
and allow him to dictate what your position is going to be, you're guaranteed failure. Because what you've done is you've opened Pandora's box for the right of players or anybody else, anybody else, even outside the organization to influence what you are going to do as a company under the guise of corporate responsibility, under the guise of we are a sports team and we have a responsibility to be all things to all people or some things to most people, but we can't be nothing to every people. But it didn't stop there. Blake Trinan, the guy in the 60-day injured list, he came out and said that this entire event alienates the fans and supporters of the Dodgers, MLB, and professional sports. He was saying, just shut up and dribble. People want baseball for entertainment. They don't want propaganda or politics forced on them. Blake, can I just uh, give you a hint? If you're gonna make a statement, you're gonna end it by saying the debacle with Bud Light and Target should be a warning to companies and professional sports to stay true to their brand and leave the propaganda and politics off the field. Folks, if this is where we're heading as a country or as a society, we've got a large problem. The problem is that if everybody decides that as a company or a professional sports or as a car company or as a mouse company, or I'm holding my mouse, not the actual family, not the actual animal. If everybody says we are going to shut up and dribble, which means we are going to be vanilla. We are going to stay in our lane. We are not going to offend anybody ever. That means that we've actually empowered those who get offended. What I'd rather do, when we say inclusive, somehow that's taken on the notion that being inclusive, it's about diversity, inclusion, it's about race, it's about sex. I think inclusion is actually about a company's view or a person's view of tolerance. Inclusion means in the truest sense of the word that what I'm doing you can do and what I'm doing you don't have to do. You are including the right and empowering the person to decide that which they want to participate in and I love it. If a company represents something you don't agree with, don't engage with the company. If you don't agree with what the Dodgers are doing, don't support the Dodgers. If you don't agree with what Ford is doing, don't buy a Ford car. If you don't agree with what Chick-fil-A is doing, don't eat a Chick-fil-A. You have the right to decide what you wanna do with your disposable income. You have the right to decide whether or not you are going to engage with a company and its product. But what we don't want to have happen is people to force you into that decision. The debacle with Bud Light and Target 
Is the debacle that people are not drinking Bud Light because they had a transgender spokesperson on TikTok? Is the debacle that people are ripping up Target in the aisles, not going to Target because they're offering transgender clothing? That's the debacle? That's not a debacle. It's actually closer to a debacle that a player on another team is talking about what's happening with the Dodgers. I'm not giving one minute of oxygen to Trevor Williams of the Nationals who had something to say as a devout Catholic. I'm happy to be, that you're a devout Catholic. That's fantastic. I'm happy that you don't want what the Dodgers are doing, that you don't want the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence to be at the game. Whatever you want, Trevor. Here's what I'm doing as president of the Nationals. STFU. Trevor, not your business. You do not have the right to say a word about another team. The Dodgers called baseball about this. The Nationals, Rizzo is talking to Trevor Williams. It's not about shutting up and dribble. It's about, hey, fight the battles that are your battles. Very, very taken aback by all this. All right, let me go through pick of the day, and then I want to talk about what's going on in Golden State. We lost Phillies over the Mets. The Mets shut out the Phillies. Suarez, Senga, we lost it. Sandy did not beat the Padres because the Marlins bullpen gave up five runs in the ninth. We lost those games. I'm sorry. We're 81 and 83. The pick of the day today, there are two of them involving baseball. The Dodgers, we have a situation going on with them, and it's not about Pride Night. It's about Noah Syndergaard. Noah Syndergaard, someone they brought into their rotation before the season. They've had a ton of injuries with Urias and Bueller. They are struggling. Dustin May, struggling. Syndergaard has been horrific. Syndergaard's days as a Dodger, were their rotation to be healthy, would be over. Much like Patrick Corbin's days with the Nationals, even though he's having a better year, he should not even be on that team. You're either rebuilding or you're not. And while you've overpaid Patrick Corbin as some sort of amazing contract when they signed him, which was celebrated, you know my view, I lost a weight to see on him. Patrick Corbin should have been designated long ago. Well, today you've got Syndergaard and the Dodgers playing Corbin and the Nats, and we're taking the Dodgers. We also have Alec Manoa pitching, who has been less than decent for the Blue Jays, going against a old pitcher who's now trying to start over Julio Tehran, who is now with the Brewers. It can't be that Manoa got bad, even though he looks potentially out of shape. It can't be that he got bad. We're going Syndergaard and the Dodgers over the Nats and Manoa and the Jays over the Brewers. All right, let's talk about Bob Myers. Bob Myers is a name you may not know, but if you don't, you should. Bob Myers was the GM of the Golden State Warriors led them to four titles, helped basically put a team together through the draft, Clay Thompson, Steph Curry, traded for Kevin Durant, got that title, got Jordan Poole signed, was a big part of why the Golden State Warriors value has gone up by billions of dollars since he took over, has been a very accomplished executive, maybe the most accomplished executive in the NBA second only to Theo Epstein, maybe in all of sports. And he decided yesterday that it was just time for him to step back. 
And I believe that zero. A couple months ago, it came out that they were not able to come to agreement on a new contract. And it turns out they're still not in agreement on a new contract. It is not outrageous for Bob Myers to have walked into Joe Lacko, the owner of the Golden State Warriors, and say, hey, guess what? I would like $14 million a year or $20 million a year. And on top of that, I would like a piece of the team which I helped create the value of. And the Warriors would have said to him, appreciate that, we're gonna go ahead and find someone else. And he'll say, I'm the two-time executive of the year. We've won four titles. I've been here 11 years. Why is it that I can't write my own check? I just heard someone say on TV that Eric Spolstra could write his own check. That's how good he's been with the Heat. I've done way better with the Warriors than he's done with the Heat. And I'm not even the coach. I'm more important. The Warriors correctly said to him, thank you, we're gonna move on. But they let Myers retire. They let him say that I was ready to go. They let him say that this job requires complete engagement, complete effort. If he can't do it, you shouldn't do it. Can you imagine he woke up at 48 years old and said, well, wait a minute, I can't put the full effort anymore, I'm tired? Or did he look and say, this era is over, the dynasty is over, I don't want in any way to be tainted by the possibility of losing, therefore, let me take advantage of the fact that I am the hottest asset on the market and I should become a free agent right now unless they were gonna to agree to exactly what I wanted them to agree with and they didn't and I said, that's it, it's time for my free agency. Because all he has to do is look at the amount of money the players are making and say, hey, I'm about to get a percentage. I'm about to get a piece of that. And I like that. What is the future for Bob Myers? He will 100% work for another team. His career is not over. No matter what he says about the possibility of changing careers, maybe I'll become an agent again. Maybe I'll go into business. Maybe I'll do the Billy Bean route. Maybe I'll start a SPAC and go with A-Rod. No, Bob Myers is going to attempt to win another championship with another roster, do what he did, and gonna get paid extremely handsomely to do it. When? Interesting conversation. The odds are he'll take the year, relax, vacation, be with family, but I'll give you an official wait to see my second. Bob Myers may take a year off, but two seasons from now, not next year, but the season after, book it, Coca. Bob Myers will be running a National Basketball Association team. He will be 49 or 50 years old in the prime of his business career. He will look at the offers available to him, look at the different organizations, look at the cities they're in, and then look in the camera and say, I'm back because it's just business. This is nothing personal.